Yeah, como estás? Right? <laughs> All right. Um, if you're going to fall asleep, you know, honestly, like, I don't really mind, you know. Because <laughs> um, I understand, I understand. I've been there, you know, I've been there. I used to fall asleep all the time, right? <laughs> but, uh, okay, I'm just kidding. Don't fall asleep, all right? But uh, I just honestly just want to have a conversation with you tonight. just want to share my heart, share what God's done in my life, and um, kind of have just like a chill living room time. You know, cool with that? Yeah? Just relax, all right? Just don't be so tense. Yeah. Um, Janice, thank you for the water. Where's Janice? Thank you for the water. Thank you for the gum. Uh I can't chew this gum up here right now because I'm speaking, but <laughs> does anybody want gum? No? Yeah. Just pass it around, and you guys can chew gum. All right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just, just pass it around. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, David Hahn right here, this tall guy, he's my roommate, actually. We live in, we've been living together, and he's from New York. He's cool. He embarrassed me today. He embarrassed me. To, I don't know how many of you guys are friends with him on Facebook. I know. Wait, who's new here? Who's, who, whose first time is it today? Okay, okay. Welcome, welcome. Right, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he put a picture of me 12 years ago on Facebook, and it just went viral, and I was just so embarrassed, right? I don't, don't put it up, all right? Don't put it up, all right? But, um. Man, I just looked so depressed in that picture, and I and I probably was, you know, I probably was. And um, Eunice, Eunice, uh, yeah, we 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 went to college. Uh, we we were like an hour, away, two hours away from each other. She went to Virginia Tech. I went to James Madison University. And uh, you know, we used to hang out. We used to do, um, you know, like a, a campus ministry kind of stuff. But but let's just be real. We we did some other fun stuff, some uh, some unholy like you know college. Anyway, <laughs> uh, God has changed us. Hallelujah. God has changed us. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Johnny has uh, been leading us in worship. And um, do you guys know who Ibyong-on uh, is? Ibyong-on? You guys know who Ibyong-on is? Like the Korean actor. He was in G.I. Joe. He was in G.I. Joe? Yeah, I swear he looks like him. Yeah. Yeah. Like that jawline. You got that jawline, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was just standing here watching him like lead. I was like, dang, Ibyang is worshiping right now. <laughs> yeah. But once again, I want to um, welcome you guys. And um, I'm just going to share, I have a word to share with you guys. And it's just about, um, I don't know if you believe in God or not, right? But uh, we welcome you. I'm just going to share with you uh, what God did in my life, you know. Um, actually, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, before I became a believer, be- before I believed in Jesus and like walked with Him, um, I used to think that these kind of like events was like so lame, so lame. Like, I would hate coming to these events actually, right? Even like if a video was showed like this, like before me would sit in the back, be like, man, that's so lame, that's so lame. How are they gonna do that? You know? <laughs> uh, maybe someone feel like that. I don't know, <laughs> but. That was me, you know, and um, the whole Christianity thing, I, I, actually, I was not down with it, you know, like the whole Christianity thing, I used to, like, I wasn't interested in it, really, right, but um, a little bit about my upbringing is, um, I grew up in the States, right, and my mom and dad, uh, 
were pretty like Christian, right? <laughs> really Christian, right? And my whole life, ever since I was born, they just took me to church, you know. So I know all the all the Bible stories and all that, right? I went to church and all that, but honestly, my only reason for liking church was, you know, my friends, you know, Bible study and singing the songs like we did now. Like I hated it. No, not even, right? I hated it, right? And my goal as a little kid, my goal uh, when I went to church was to make my teachers cry, right? That was my mission, to go and <laughs> go to these uh, Sundays, you know, Sunday school, and I would, like, act up so much, and then I would, I would accomplish my mission. Yeah, I would make them cry, right? I was, I was a little, I was a little jerk, all right? I was a little jerk in church, right? And, um, you know, Actually, when I was uh, 14 years old, uh, I used to live in NorCal, by the way, from ages 1 through 14. Anyone from NorCal? Yeah, I used to live in, like, Union City, Fremont area. And then um, at age 14, all of a sudden, my parents were like, hey, we're moving. We're moving to Virginia. I was like, Virginia? You know, I was like, who wants to go from California to Virginia? No offense, East Coasters, right? But then at that moment, I didn't. Because all my friends, all my friends were, you know, in... uh, you know, NorCal. So we moved two weeks later, and I was angry. I was angry. And then I know it's not a, it doesn't sound like a big deal right now, but at that moment when you're 14 and you have all your friends and you got to move, some of y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's huge. It's huge. So I was so angry at my parents. I blame everything on my parents. Why? Because you finish middle school, and then you got to go to high school, right? But when you start high school, you're supposed to kind of move up with your middle school friends. Right? But then guess what? I had to start high school with no friends. Right? And, you know, it's the whole, like, that scene of, you know, carrying your lunch into the cafeteria and that kind of thing. Right? (laughs) Fortunately for for me, um, I didn't have a problem with that because uh, actually, like, people actually approached me and just started sitting with me and, like, we got tight. Right? (laughs) I didn't have a problem with that. Um, But eventually, I made friends really fast because uh, I play uh, basketball. Right? Anyone play basketball here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played basketball, and through ball, I met a lot of uh, cool friends. You know, I, I became, um, you know, anyways, it was tight. But the problem was, the problem was, um, these friends weren't um, those of the most best influence, right? So at, at, at starting at age 15, I started hanging out with these people, and they started introducing me to these to these older friends, right? So when I was 15, I had friends that were like, you know, 22, 25, 30, right? <laughs> Is it weird? Yeah, yeah. But I, it felt like family to me. It felt like family to me. But you know actually what it was? <laughs> All my friends were gangsters, actually. <laughs> That's what it was, you know? But I was like their little tongzang. I was like their little, like, little brother. Kind of like they just take care of me. And like, you know, like, we just messed around. We just... High school was, like, so fun for me, right? High school, I had a blast because I, I did whatever the heck I want. I, I didn't care about my parents at all, actually. Remember, I'm bitter at them. I was bitter at them, right? I didn't care about them at all. And so, <clears throat> you know, 15 years old, you know, what do you get into? You start getting into smoking. You start getting into drinking alcohol and just going crazy, you know, going to parties and all that. And that, that stuff was, like, that stuff drove me. That stuff was, like, this is life. This is fun, you know? Sooner or later, what happens when you're, like, 
when your friends are gangsters. What happens is, uh, one word is business. Business, that means drugs. That means drugs. So for me, starting at the age of 15, <clears throat> I started getting into a lot of drugs. Starting into a lot of drugs, and then my market was at school, right? And I started, like, selling to, as a 15-year-old, you know? And for me, it was, it was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. I felt like I was living, you know? And I, everything on the list, everything on the list that you could think of, I was doing everything. You know, with girls, you know, I just, you know, it was bad. You know, I just did a lot of things that I'm not proud of today. <clears throat> and so um, the bad thing is, the worst thing was at home, my relationship with my parents was, was really bad. Why? Because usually when you try to do things, you try to hide it kind of, right? You know, after some time of trying to hide things, you know, eventually I just came home high, you know? Eventually I just came home messed up. And like, eventually my heart got so cold that I didn't, I didn't care. So I started coming home, you know, I got used to seeing my mom crying, you know? I'm like high in bed and I open my eyes and my mom's weeping on the floor. And I'm just like, okay, good night, mom, right? It was bad. I remember this one memory when I was like 15. What happened was I was running away from home. I was like, Dad, I ain't going to live here no more. I'm going to live for my friends. So, you know, peace out, right? And I was walking away, and he grabbed my shirt. He grabbed my shirt like this. He was like, no, don't go. Don't go, right? And then I took off, I took off my shirt, right? I took off my shirt, and then I just ran, right? Shirtless. I just, just ran. <laughs> he was holding on my shirt. And, you know, my house, it was on uh, top of a hill, actually, and, um, on top of the hill, and then I was actually running downhill, right? And I was running down the hill, I looked behind me, and my dad's running after him, he's right behind me. I'm like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, beep, you know? <laughs> and then I was, I jet, I, I keep running faster, but the bottom of the hill is like a rock trail, rock trail. And all of a sudden, I hear like a scream, right? And I look behind me, and my dad had tripped, and he had fell where the rocks were. So there I see my dad laying there all bleeding, right? But my heart was so cold, right? So what did I do? I just kept running. I was like, good. And I just kept running, right? What kind of messed up person was I, right? Honestly, I was just a hurt kid, a lost, hurt kid. That's what I was when I was 15 years old, right? And, um, yeah, I mean, last, uh, it, it kind of like amazes me because last month I went to Indonesia, right? I just went to Indonesia and then uh, I was sharing this story and then <laughs> they told me that for the Indonesians out there, Johnny, right? You're from Indonesia. I heard that if you get caught with drugs, the penalty is the death penalty or something, right? Yeah, and I was like, God, thank you. I went through this in the States and not in Indonesia, right? Or else I wouldn't be here right now, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, no, something happened in my life. Something happened in my life. You know, what happened was God intervened in my life, right? Let me tell you how he intervened in my life. It wasn't through the way that I, I would want, actually. It was through a way that I'm, like, you know, an, an unfortunate event, right? So there was a day I went out to, like, a big gang fight, me and my friends, and we were there, and then there was, like, 30 people, and people were, like, popping guns and everything. I didn't shoot nobody. Okay, I didn't, I, I didn't have a gun, all right? You guys are looking at me like, 
I want to get out of here. <laughs> I want to get out of here. <laughs> right? I didn't. It was just some of my friends. I know that some people got, um, but some people got shot. Right? No one died, but it was kind of crazy. And I had stuff on me too. And so what happens? All these police cars like come to the scene. And when the police car comes, what happens? We jet. Like we just run. You know? And out of all the people they caught, the police people, they caught six people. Out of those six people, I was one of them, right? Because right? I just couldn't run fast enough, right? I'm just slow, right? I was just slow, and they got me, right? And <laughs> but what happened was um, I've gotten caught by the police before numerous times for stealing, right? I always get caught, right? I always get caught. Right? Um, but I was just assuming, okay, they're just going to call my parents, and then they're going to scoop me up from the police station and wouldn't go home, right? But by this time, I didn't know that people had gotten shot because it was so fast, right? So what happened? <clears throat> I went to juvenile detention center. Juvenile detention center, for you who don't know, is like jail for those ages 18 and under, right? I was in there and I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, I just see this in movies, right? And turns out <clears throat> they sentenced me to only just two months, two months. Because, like, the people that got shot, they didn't die, right? If they died, it would have been a different story, right? But two months, um, and I'm 15 years old, right? And um, it was a Friday night. It was a Friday night I went in. <coughs> Excuse me. And Sundays are visitation days for people out to visit for 30 minutes, right? And I remember sitting there in my cell, and I was thinking, my mom and dad, I hope they don't come. I don't want to, I don't want I didn't want to see them. I didn't want to see them, right? So Sunday comes, and the intercom, they say, John Park, your parents have come, right? Please get ready, we're going to open the door, and they're going to leave me out. So I'm walking out in my, like, chains, and I sit in front of them, like, this close, like this, right? I sit in front of them. And my, my mindset, you know what my mindset is? Is this. All right. Uh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Let's just get this over with. Hurry up. Hurry up. Tell me what you got to say. <laughs> you know, like, right? which means, like, you know, scold me. Do what you got to do. I know I deserve it. You know, I messed up. Right? Say what you got to say. And let's just be done with it and move on. So we're all dead quiet. I'm not saying a word. I'm just looking at the floor like this. And all of a sudden, my dad. My dad, he starts speaking first. And my dad, he asks me just questions. Questions. And you know what kind of questions he asked me? My dad said this. He said, John, uh, are you okay? John, do you need anything? John, are we allowed to give you stuff. John, are you cold in the cell? What's it like? Can we give you blankets and stuff? John, are you hurt? And then he asked me this one question that just, just my, my hardened heart just like cracked open. You know what question he asked me? He said, John, when you come home, what do you want to eat the most? That's what he said. Food is the way to my heart. <laughs> right. But that's what he said. 
And then they were crying, looking at me, and they said, Hey, John, like, just want to let you know, we're just happy you're safe. You know? And uh, we love you. We're not angry with you. You know? And then they hugged me and they left. I didn't say anything. I didn't even say I was sorry. And I go back to my cell. Two months is a lot of time to think, right? I go back to my cell. And you know what I'm feeling? Two emotions. I'm confused and I'm angry. I'm confused and I'm angry. You know why? Because I just really could not understand why, why, why the heck my parents were treating me like that. Because what I was expecting was, was condemnation, you know? What I was expecting was like disownment. What I was expecting was scolding. And I was expecting it because I deserved it, right? But they didn't. And I was confused as to why. Right? And this is where God moved. This is where God moved. Remember I told you that I went to church my whole life, learning, to the, learning the Bible stories and all that? Let me tell you, I went to church all my life, but it didn't mean that I was a Christian. Right? It didn't mean that I was a Christian. But I know the stories. And then in that cell, you know, I felt that God was speaking to me. I felt that God was speaking to me. And what he was saying was this. He's like, John, I'm showing you who I am through your father. I'm showing you who I am through your father. You know? And then for the first time in a long time, I just started weeping. I just started crying, crying in myself. Crying, crying. And... And what happened was, I kept getting nightmares, right? I kept getting nightmares because I, I kept seeing flashback images. Remember of my bleeding father? My bleeding father, right? I kept seeing that image, and I kept seeing the image of my mother crying, right? But I saw another image. I kept seeing the image of uh, the cross. I, I kept seeing the image of Jesus Christ dying on bleeding on a cross, right? And these three rotational just images, I just kept seeing it, you know? And I felt so like, I felt so like re repentant. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, God. I did this to you. I sinned against you. I sinned against you. I hurt you. And I kept saying, God, I don't understand why. I don't understand why Why you love me? No. No, I don't understand why. Um, and I was just like, thank you. Thank you for showing me this through my dad. Right? That's when I got saved. No one led me through a prayer. No one said, repeat after me. Right? It was like, God, I know you're real. You know? I know your love is real, and I know that the most powerful thing that can transform lives is your love. Because there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing like the love of God. Ain't nothing like the love of God. Because I knew that, I knew that, you know, 
from my darkest days and to my most holiest days, quote-unquote, the way that he felt about me is the same. And I just want to tell everyone here, you know, God knows everything that you've done, right? God knows everything, you know, good things or bad things. But nothing you, can, you do is going to change, it's not going to change the way God feels about you. That's good stuff. That's good news. It set me free. Y'all with me? Y'all, anyone sleeping yet? No. <laughs> good. So I'm going to transition um, continually in my life. When I got out of juvie, um, guess what happened? It's like, how many, raise your hand if you guys thought I became holy, holy, holy all of a sudden and my life transformed right there. Raise your hand if that, you think that happened. Isaac, I see you. Sam, I see you. Dang. Dang, y'all doubting me like crazy, yo. Come on, y'all. Come on. Give me some credit, man. No. Y'all are right, though, right? What happened was I tried so hard to change, you know? But then I still have my friends. And then, no. Here's the thing. I kept drinking and stuff. And doing like illegal things. But this time, when I did these things, I felt something in my heart. I felt like a tension in my heart. I was like, this is not right. This is not right. Now it's the images again. My father. Images again of Jesus on the cross. And I would, it, would, it would just tear me up. I would, I would just not want to do it anymore. That's where I learned that that, that feeling inside of me, that that reminder that is wrong, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how I know I was saved. Right? So eventually, to make it short, you know, I cut off those friends. I cut off those friends. I couldn't do it anymore. And um, after that, it was hard because they're hating on me. You know, Some of them were hating on me. Um, to the point where there would be times in the night where <clears throat> some of them would drive by and they would just spray paint our whole house in the night. And then they would throw bricks in our windows and just, like, scare us, you know. And I was just like, dang, like, how can I put my family in this situation? It's all my fault. So we moved, and praise God, they stopped. They stopped, you know. Um, so what did I do for the first time in my life? For the first time in my life, I started going to church on my own choice. All right? I was like, all right, I'm going to do this church thing. I'm going to do this church thing. I went to church. I did what we did right now, you know, the singing. Uh, I did the Bible study, not to make my teachers cry this time, right? Uh, and started reading the Bible. And then, initially, I was passionate. I was driven. I was driven. I tried my heart. It was, eventually, it was really good, right? But you know what? It only lasted for so long for me. You know, you know and then, you know what became the motivation of me going to church, actually? There was a girl I liked, actually, in, uh, in youth group. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. I ain't condoning it, all right? I'm just saying what happened, all right? There was a girl I liked. So I was, like, I was excited for Sundays. I was like, let's go. My best dressed, best dressed, you know? Trying to look all holy, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, we dated for a month, right? And then I was like, all right, uh. It's boring again. 
I'm sorry. This ain't, this ain't, this is me in the past, all right? I'm a, I think I'm a gentleman now, all right? And then what happened? There was a basketball tourna- tournament that came up. So that drove me to go to church. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tournament ended, and okay. Okay? So everything faded away. All, the, all those temporary, the temporary fun, you know, it all faded away. Even within church, right? And eventually, to be honest, I got really bored. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I go to church, but I was bored out of my mind. I had a, you know, let me know if you guys feel me on this. I hope I'm not the only one. But there are times when I would have to force myself to read the Bible, and I don't even like reading it. I just did it. Anybody else? You feel me, right? Whew, you feel lighter now, right? <laughs> and there will be times when, you know, like, I try to do the church thing, right? And, like, I'm just singing the songs, but I'm just not feeling it. I'm just like, this is lame, but I'll do it because I'm a Christian, right? I, f- I felt like that, to be honest. I never shared that with anyone. I just kept going with it. Kept going with it. And the questions that remained in my mind was, is this all there is? Is this it? Is this the Christian life, right? Is this the Christian life like that I'm giving myself for? I was like, is this it? Is this it? Why was reading the word so dry? Why was praying so hard? I would hear messages on prayer and I would be, feel so guilty because everyone's all fired up. But for me, I was like, oh man, I have, to, oh, I have to like discipline myself to do it. I have to discipline myself to talk to God. Right? I feel so guilty. Right? And, um, but something happened. Something happened. Always something happens. <laughs> Always something happens. Um, I started meeting these people. I started meeting these people um, near college, college age, right? And these were uh, Christians, right? I started meeting them. And as I started hanging around them, I noticed that there was something different about these people. Something different about these friends where I was so attracted to them. I, I wanted to always be around them. I wanted to always hang out with them. The, the way that they carried themselves, they were so confident. Boy and girl, right? They were so confident. They, they knew who they were. They weren't insecure. They walked in authority. They walked in confidence. And when they talked about the Bible, they made it sound so good. And then when they talk about their prayer life, they made it sound so fun. Where I'm just like, prayer can be fun? Reading the Bible can be fun? But that's how I saw when I was, you know, with these people. And I'm just like, man, there's something. There is something that I'm missing. We're both Christians. We both believe in Jesus. But what the heck is going on? Why do I feel so empty? Why do they feel like they're so filled with life? I would roll with them. And guess what? They'd see like a sick person. Like, hey, bro, can we pray for you? So like nonchalant, so chill, Right? So, hey, yeah, can you pray for you? Like, are you sick? Can we just pray for you? Like, you know, like, maybe God can heal you. Can we pray for you? 
they, they pray for them, and they get healed right there. And I'm just like, like, was that real? You know? But, but again and again and again, it happened. Again and again and again and again, it happened. Again and again and again, right? Yeah. Yeah, they got like spiritual swagger or something, right? <laughs> they had such spiritual, like, there's like, you know, for people, there's like a church version of them, and then there's a street version of them, right? But for these people, it was the same. They were just so real, so down to earth, right? They were just like chill, just like, you know, and, but when I'm around them, I feel the holy, 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 but they ain't trying to act holy, 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 you know? And I was like, what am I missing? I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. But is this all there is? See, these friends, they would go to bars and evangelize. Right? I ain't never heard of such a thing before. They would go to bars, evangelize, and people would, they would just introduce Christ to people. And people would get saved. People would just want to follow Christ. Why? Because they represented Christ so well. And I'm just like, man, like, they had such boldness. And I was just hungry. I was hungry. I was seeing this. I was rolling with them. I was like, man, like, this, I'm, I'm tired of this, like, ritualistic life. Forcing myself. I don't know if you guys can relate. Anybody grow up in church here? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not to this extent, maybe more, right? But it's just something to think about. It's just something to think about. There's so much more that we're not tapping into. We're not tapping into. And then I found out what that was. I started hanging out with these friends. And I started asking them, all these, can you mentor me? Can you like, you know, help me out and then they they just introduced me to one person you know who that one person was it was the holy spirit it was the holy spirit hey, everybody say holy spirit. holy spirit you see the holy spirit ain't some mystical force right he ain't some like energy holy spirit is a person holy spirit is personal amen that's what i was missing that's what i was missing and then, you know what? I started taking risks. I started taking steps of faith. You know, praying for people. You know? And I felt alive. I felt alive. I felt like I was living. I felt like I was living. And then I started giving my life to missions. Right? Missions. And I went to this school called uh, uh, Discipleship Training School. Right? And then we would learn so much about the Holy Spirit. So much about the gospel. And I would get so fired up. And I knew this was not temporary this time. Remember? Remember after I got out of jail? Like, that was temporary. But something happened in my heart, right? I received prayer. I received prayer from these people, from my friends. All they said was, hey man, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing extravagant. I wasn't going crazy. I was just like, yes, I receive. And from then on, my life changed. My life changed. And can I tell you right now, I remember one time I was with the pastor and then that pastor said to a congregation, he said, you guys think God is boring? 
He's like, God's not boring. You're boring. Right? That's what he said. God's not boring. You're boring. Right? And when I first heard that, I was like, And I was like, actually, I was like, actually, maybe you're right. (laughs) Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just that I'm following my own version of God instead of the real God. You see, when you're churched, we tend to do that. You You know how big God is? You know how powerful God is? You know how amazing God is? There's so much to God. So much to God. Y'all with me? Y'all good? (laughs) I'm going to get a drink of water. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thirsty. (laughs) I'm going to share with you this chart. All right? There's a chart. You know, our lives, if this is the beginning of our lives, right? Right here. And this is the end of our lives, this line. <clears throat> Let's call this line equilibrium, like perfect peace. Everything is good in life, right? You start, and then we deal with sin, so we fall, right? We deal with sin, and we try to get back to the equilibrium. We deal with pain, un- unfortunate circumstances in our life, right? We deal with pain in our hearts. We be- we deal with a lot, right? And we make it so that the goal of our life is to get back to equilibrium, because we want that peace again. So what happens is most people, they live their lives, they aim for equilibrium. But you know what God made us for? To jump off of equilibrium. You see? This whole portion that I was missing. Because what, I was, what was I trying to do? I was just trying to do sin management. Sin management. Even in college... You know, I was even though I was doing ministry, I just got to confess something. I was doing stuff even when I was doing ministry. I'm just going to be real. I used to lead worship in large group, right? But then I was dating at the time. And then after worship, I would go to my girlfriend's house and we would do things that you're not supposed to do. You know? I would lead Bible study with people. And then I would go to my girlfriend's house. And I would feel so guilty, so much shame. And I was like, man, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? And then I met the Holy Spirit, and it changed everything. You know, it changed everything. Who's tired of sin management? <clears throat> you know? Who's tired of, like, the whole mundane? Who, who feels, who, who's bored? You know? We just got to be real with us. Who's bored? Who's wondering if there's so much more to life, if there's so much more to Christianity? Who's wondering, hmm, have I been missing out on the real thing? Have I been missing out on the real thing? I did a lot of my life. I did a lot of my life. I want to I wanna, uh, share with you something in the Bible, actually. How many of you guys seen The Prince of Egypt? Raise your hand. Prince of Egypt? One of my favorite movies, right? One of my favorite movies. It's an animated film, okay? It's about, it's about um, the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, um, to lay it out there, it's kind of like 
there are these people called the Israelites. These are the people of God, right? But the problem is, these people, they're under slavery. They're under slavery by this dude named Pharaoh. Pharaoh, all right? Dude named Pharaoh. Under slavery, Israelites, okay? And then they're crying out. They're under, they're under bondage. They're, going, they're, they're oppressed slaves. So God sends this other dude named Moses, right? And then they, he, he, he brings them out to this Red Sea, this river, right? And then this Red Sea splits. And then the music comes in, right? <laughs> the music comes in. When you believe. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? No? And then they cross the Red Sea and they get delivered. They get delivered, right? They get delivered, right? Into a desert. Even though God told God's people that God's going to deliver them into what they call the promised land. The land of flowing with milk and honey, they say. The promised land. So it sounds so lavish and nice. But they get delivered into a desert. Right? And in this desert, they stay how many years? 40 years. 40 years. And then after 40 years, actually, they cross another body of water called the Jordan River. And when they cross this Jordan River, same thing happens. When you believe, right? They walk through. They walk through into the promised land. Okay? Why am I sharing this? Check this out. Check this out. For those of, who, so for those of us who are church and we know all the stories or whatever. Let me bring revelation to you, alright? When the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, right? Crossed the river, the Red Sea. They were running away. They were escaping the Egyptians who were trying to capture them. They were running away and then God parted the seas and they walked through. So what did they do? God rescued them. God rescued them. Okay. Now, fast forward 40 years. There's another body of water called the Jordan River. Right? Splits the seas and they walked through. But this time, they're not getting chased, right? This time, they're not about to be conquered. Actually, you know what's happening? They're going to conquer. They're going to take possession of the promised land. So the first river, check it out. They're running away from being conquered. The second river, guess what happens? They're going over the river to conquer. That means that 40 years in the desert, something happened. Something happened, right? Something must have happened. Why am I sharing this? Because look, crossing the Red Sea, deliverance from slavery, that was when I got saved. That was when God rescued me from my sin. Let me tell you some good news, all right? All of us are stained with sin. You get a white wedding dress, whether there's 10 spots on it or one spot on it, you wouldn't wear it. It's still dirty, right? No matter how, how many sins you have or even one, hey, we're still sin. Sin stained. Ain't no one escaping that. So what happened? God made a way. You know, Jesus had a crown on, like a king, right? And we deserve the punishment for our sin. We had another crown on, the crown of thorns, our punishment. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus came, he switched. He switched the crowns. He gave us his crown, and he called us royalty as his sons. 
And he took our crown, that crown of thorns. And he died in our place. So you and I can have, actually have a choice to choose him for eternal life. That is the gospel. That is what I believed in. And I got delivered from the slavery of sin, the slavery of depression. God delivered me. But God delivered me. But look, my life seems so mundane and boring, remember? Why? Because I realized I hadn't crossed the other sea, the Jordan River. The Jordan River. You see, death to life, that is our salvation, right? But there's so many Christians out there that are just living saved and just sitting there. A get out of hell free ticket. And then they feel empty because they're not living out their purpose. But when you cross the Jordan, right, they, they cross as conquerors. They cross as conquerors. You know, we want to hear some interesting fact is, you know, Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, right? When Jesus was baptized, Holy Spirit came upon him and empowered him to do all these miracles. To do all these miracles, healing people. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what river that Jesus was baptized in? It was actually the Jordan River. It was actually the Jordan River. Okay? And look, for those who are raised in the church here, I want to encourage you. There's so much more out there. And I want us to get to know the Holy Spirit. He will change your life if you want to walk with Him. He will change your life. You know, in the desert, you know, there's a, there's a thing that says, you can take someone out of slavery, but you got to take the slavery out of them. Right? The Israelites, you take them out of, they, they got rescued out of slavery, but then they still have slavery mentality because they've been slaves for so long. That's what that desert time was for. That's what that desert time was for. God was training them. God was taking that out. And it took, took a process. You know what happened in the desert? Uh, three main things. Okay, this is very important. Three main things. One is God provided food for His people. Every day, water, bread, quail. Right? I never tried quail, but He provided every day. Why? God was trying to teach them dependency. Depend on me. Trust me. I'm not like a slave master. Depend on me. I'm a good God. Second thing that happened in the desert, God gave the Ten Commandments. The law, right? When we think law, we're like, oh, law. All these laws we have to, Christianity, gosh, all these things we have to follow, the do's and don'ts, right? But let me tell you something. The law was given for our sake. The law was given, all these commandments were given for our sake, Right? Actually, behind these laws is love. It shows the love of God. And God was teaching the people how to obey Him. Out of love, though. Because when they were slaves, they obeyed out of fear. But here, when they're saved, they were obeying out of love. Right? The third thing that happened, that God, he, through, through His people, He built what they called the temple, a tabernacle. Where the very powerful presence of God came into that temple to dwell. It's the presence of God. Everyone say presence of God. Presence of 
It's the presence of God that they fell in love with. The presence of God. And this, these three things happened in the desert. And slowly but surely, they turned into conquerors. They trusted God. They trusted God. And for your life and mine, for your life and mine, God wants to introduce you to the presence of God. And that presence is the Holy Spirit. He wants to establish a love relationship. I want to share a verse with you, actually. All right? Um, it's actually really uh, one of my favorite verses. <clears throat> it's Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 30. I'll read it, okay? You don't have to turn there. It says, The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness the desert where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you check this out as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place the promised land it says the Lord carried you as a man carries his son as a man carries his son you see the you see the difference in Egypt it was they were they were slaves they just knew a slave master. But in the desert, God was saying, Hey, I'm a father. I want to carry you. I got you. I got you. You know? That was the difference. Do you see the love in this? Do you see the love in this relationship? Right? <clears throat> um, I want to, I'm going to close soon. I talk too much. Right? <laughs> Y'all can be honest. <laughs> I'm going to read this quote by Bob Sorge. He said, The enemy, Satan, the enemy wants to numb you into a, into a coping kind of Christianity that has given up hope of seeing God's resurrection power. I'll read that, read that again. The enemy wants to numb you into a coping kind of Christianity that has given up hope of seeing God's resurrection power. Right? You know, the gospel consists of the cross and the resurrection, right? And guess what? I'll close with this. I'll close with this. Most people, they know what they were saved from, like sin, right? Most people know, like, eternal punishment, right? Most people know what they were saved from. We are saved from that, right? But not a lot of people know or focus on what they were saved into, Okay? That was me. I knew what I was saved from. He rescued me from that life of drug addiction and all that. But I wasn't really thinking about what he was saving me into. You know what that means? I was only focusing on the cross. Because the cross is where he bled. His blood purchased my life. His blood signed the adoption papers. Right? So to speak. I was thinking about the cross, but I was not really thinking about the resurrection. What I was saved into. Eternal life. What does the resurrection do when Jesus raised from the dead? Jesus had to rise from the dead. You know why? Because Jesus had to ascend so that the Holy Spirit could come down on his people. If Jesus didn't resurrect, I don't know if we would have the Holy Spirit. I wasn't thinking about resurrection power. 
I was just thinking about what I was saved from. And guess what? I was saved from a lot. You and I, we were saved from a lot. But guess what? There's so much, so much that we were saved into, guys. So much that we were saved into. You see, the gospel is both, both the cross and the resurrection. Both. Or else it's not the gospel. And for your life, for our lives, we will get bored when we just live half of it. Don't just cross the Red Sea, cross the Jordan. Don't just be saved, but you are saved into something. Don't just do sin management, but live as a conqueror. Live in the Spirit of God. Live in the Spirit of God. And that's what Emmaus is going to do, right? That's what Emmaus is all about. Emmaus, this, these things that they're wearing, I want one, but I don't have one. Made for more, right? David, can you stand up real quick? <laughs> it says, made for more, right? I didn't tell them to wear this, by the way. Made for more. Do you know that you were made for more? I don't care, I don't care what kind of sin you dealt with, right? I don't care how deep. Off of, you know, you've gone. I've been pretty deep, you know, in sin. It doesn't matter. You were made for more. And don't let anybody tell you something else.